once again, welcome. And it is my privilege, as was mentioned earlier, to share the Word of God with you this morning. I am Jonathan, one of the leaders here at Destiny. And if you are seeing me for the first time, or if you're here for the first time, welcome. On behalf of Pastor David and Pastor Sharon, we want to say welcome to Destiny. It's good to have you here with us today. And um, let's just um, drive into the Word straight away. If you're watching us online, Pastor Sharon, welcome. Uh, it's good to <laughs> you know, um, have you here with us. Um, and I'm praying that this morning, whatever God's given me, I am, this message that I'm sharing is part of the series, The Power of Words, that Pastor David began a few weeks ago and has been continuing for the last three weeks. I'm doing part four today. And um, I'm praying that what God's given me to share uh, with you today will be something that you can take home and really use it in the kingdom. I absolutely love the fact that, um, you know, the Holy Spirit's in it from the beginning, you know, and um, I'm talking to you guys about the power of words, and as John mentioned in his word today, that um, there is a battle going on, you know, that there is an enemy who is gunning for you, and, uh, and then we have the blood of the Lamb that keeps us covered, you know, that keeps us protected, and this morning I'm adding to that arsenal that God has given us. Somebody tone me down a little bit, just a little bit too loud, or just make me sound cooler. <laughs> All right. Um, and just another thing to put into your arsenal as we go on and um, face our enemy head on, because the Bible tells us that we serve a victorious king. Amen? He sits on the victor's throne, and he wears the victor's crown. Right? Now, having said that, that, we know the end from the beginning. The book of Revelation has revealed to us what's going to happen. The enemy knows that. He's a defeated enemy. But his aim is to do as much damage as he's going down. And it's like a kamikaze pilot. You know, it's just gonna, I'm, gonna, I'm going down, I know. I'm going to take as many as I can with me. All right? I'm going to do as much damage as I can. And that's where the arsenal that God has given us comes into play. And you and I, we need to be aware from the get-go that you are in a war. Let that sink in, that you are in the war, and as John mentioned, that we are God's army, we are not uh, the reserves anymore, we are in, we are in it, all right? or we are not the casualty or um, the collateral, okay? um, we are in it. And um, this morning, the word that I have, God has given me, I think it is imperative that we grab a hold of it, because it is going to be transformational in our walk with the Lord, in our journey. Live a victorious life that Christ has called us to live. Amen? All right, let's get started. Father God, we thank you for that opportunity that you've given me to share your word with your people. Lord, as we dive into the word, Father, we just pray for your Holy Spirit to reveal to us the things that you have for us this morning. The one word, the Rima word, the word in season, Father God, um, that we need to walk away from today, having grabbed a hold of, Lord God. We ask and pray in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, I am reading from Joshua chapter 1, verse 8. It's our foundational scripture, and it says, Keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then, somebody say then. Then you will be prosperous and successful. I'm going to go back and read that again, and so that you can see what the process is. It says, Keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. 
and then comes the fruit. Then you will be prosperous and successful, says the Lord. Our, our topic this morning is um, the Word of God is a weapon. The Word of God is a weapon. And it is not only a weapon to attack, but it is also a weapon to defend. And it, the image that comes to my mind is, is a master swordsman, right? Who holds a sword and is able to wield it in such a way that when the enemy shoots at him with a bullet, he's able to deflect it with his sword. That's cool, right? That's like, so he's got an attacking force, like he's got a weapon that can be used to advance and kill and to destroy, but at the same time it is working as a, um, a defensive shield. And that's what the word of God is. It is not only for you to hide behind and cower behind and sort of lock yourself in and hope the, world, the walls will stand against the forces of the enemy. No, but it's an advancing wall. I almost see it like a wall that moves forward as you move forward with it, and it crushes the enemy as it goes. And, and that's what the word of God is. It is a word, and it is a weapon. In Jeremiah chapter 1, verse 9, it says, Then the Lord reached out and touched my mouth and said, Look, I have put my words in your mouth. If you believe it, the Lord God has put his words in your mouth. And you can speak the words into your situation. See, for the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to, the, even to and dividing asunder of soul and spirit, and of the joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Hebrews chapter 4 verse 12. See, Jesus said when he, was, when he was being tempted in the desert, Go, Satan, for it is written. See, Jesus won the victory over the enemy in the, in the wilderness by using the words that were in his heart. For it is written. For it is written. And then the enemy comes back with the word, you know. And he, even he knows that the word of God is a weapon. And he was using it against Jesus. And he said, no, jump off. It is written. You know, he will send his angels to grab you before your feet touch the ground. And Jesus said, it is also written. And it was a battle of words. It's a battle of who had the greatest arsenal of the word of God in their heart. And there's none greater than Jesus. Amen? And I want to challenge us this morning that um, we hide God's word in our heart. That when the time comes, it will come up. Now, I love the fact that we have kids' church where our kids get taught the Bible stories. Because you see, when you are older, it will come into play. Trust me. It will come into play. And there will be seasons in your life where you'll remember that story that you learned when you were 9 or 10 at kids' church. And, and God's using that moment to tell you a revelation of what he's been doing in the generations before you. See, when you put your God's worth in your mouth, you get four things. Number one. So if you're writing this down, now's the time to take some notes, all right? So when you put God's word in your mouth, you stand on the surest foundation. For no one can lay any foundation other than the one we already have, Jesus Christ. It's 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 11. And we know that Jesus is the foundation because Jesus is the word. John 1, 1 tells us, in the beginning was the word, the word was with God, right? And the word was God. So Jesus himself is the word. So when, when we put the word of God in our hearts and in our minds, and we begin to proclaim it from our mouth, we are building on a sure foundation. 
the one that does not shake. And then you know that your house will stand. For the wise man builds his house upon a rock. The rock of Jesus Christ. Amen? Then, number two, when you, be, when you put God's word in your mouth, you come into alignment with his will and purpose. You come into alignment with his will and purpose. So he said to them, when you pray, say, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. You know, that's a challenging thought as we, as we, as we speak it. It's a challenging thought and I've really wrestled with it in my life because if I'm praying, Father, that your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, then I need to challenge myself to live like God's will is going to come through to the earth through me. Yeah? So, I've told you this before, and people who've known me for the last six years who've been in this house know that I come from a sort of a poor family background. Um, my parents were split and grew up in a broken family. Right? I lived in Fiji, in the, in the slums of Fiji. So, poverty was a big deal for me. And, uh, and then coming, and then as growing up, and I'm reading the Word of God, and I do not see that that is the will. Poverty is the will of God for my life. I, I don't see poverty. I mean, I, when I read about heaven, it does not talk about dirt roads. Right in heaven, it does not talk about dusty places. It talks about it talks about the the footpath is of, of gold. It talks about pearls, gates are as large as pearls. It talks about splendor. It talks about amazing things that. And then I read the, about the patriarchs, and I and I and I read about Abraham, and then he was one of the richest men of his time. And then he, then then the one person in the Bible that God that God boasts about. Have you seen my servant Job? And scripture tells us he was like the richest man of his time. And I'm like, what is God's will for my life when it comes to wealth, when it comes to financial success? Am I supposed to live in poverty? And I've been challenging myself that like, I don't think that's the desire for, because if, if God's kingdom is, if I'm going to pray that, Lord, let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, then through my life, heaven needs to come into the earth. And I need to become more generous. It is difficult, I tell you, to be generous when you're poor. Right? And if you haven't experienced that you have to sit down on at, the, at the beginning of a day, at the beginning of a week, to count out your coins to see if you've got enough money for bus fare for the week, you know, when enough to you know, sort out your whole things, everything, everything's on the bed sheet in front of you. It is difficult to put a coin aside to say, okay, that's going to go to tithe because then... I'd probably be walking to work one day, you know, or stuff like that. And, I'm, and I began to proclaim that, Lord, this is the will for your life, for my life, that you've called me to be a, a blessing to others. And I'm blessed to be a blessing. And even though I don't see it right now, I am blessed to be a blessing. So I'm going to function from that place of blessing. Because when we begin to function from a place of blessing, then you are tapping into the resources of heaven and saying, I'm not giving what I've got, I'm giving what my father's got. Yes? Because you have an inheritance that is endless. Amen? Do you believe that? All right. Cool, because we are coming into a season of giving very soon. I really want to challenge you guys to start thinking about it, all right? Okay, I'm, I'm not kidding. I'm just like, I'm, I'm so excited as, as I look forward to the season that we're going in as a church, as a body, and God's calling us to do great and wonderful things because we are a church that is going to be equipped to be a blessing to the nations. All right, and this is where it's happening.
cool. And I really want to ask you to begin to think about how you can be blessed to be, or how you've been blessed to be a blessing. So, so you come into alignment with um, the will and purpose of God, and he said to them, when you pray, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will on earth as it is in heaven. Come into alignment with God's purpose. You've been blessed to be a blessing. Remember that. You are coming into alignment with that. So we are f- you, as you function in your household, you as a wife are a blessing to your husband and to your children. You as a husband are a blessing to your child. You children are a gift from the Lord and a blessing to your parents. That's what your purpose is. That's what our purpose is. We are called to be a blessing wherever we stay. As we go into work, I'm a blessing to my boss. I'm a blessing to the students that I teach. I'm a blessing to the other colleagues in my, in my workplace. That's what you've been called to do. You've been called to be a blessing wherever you go. Your presence is a blessing. Then, we, number three, you are empowered with kingdom authority. In Isaiah chapter 61, verse 1, it says, The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me, because the Lord has appoint, anointed me to preach good tidings to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and to the opening of the prison to those who are bound. Now you might say, but Jonathan, this is out of context because this was the commission that Jesus had upon his life. Great. You've got this right. Yes. And as his children, as his followers, the commission remains the same. That is the same mandate. Jesus, this is, Jesus came to do this, and now by his Holy Spirit we are called to do the same. You are empowered. I am empowered with kingdom authority, the same authority that Jesus had, the same power that raised Christ from the dead now resides in me. Amen. And resides in you. So the, the commission remains the same. We are doing the same job because God has given us the same purpose and he's empowered us by his Holy Spirit to go out and do the things that he's called us to do. So number one, you stand on the surest foundation, Jesus. Okay, you come into alignment with his will and purpose. Number two, and number three, you are empowered with kingdom authority. And number four, you become part of the change God wants to bring. You become part of the change God wants to bring. But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria, and to the end of the earth. See, there is a change that God's bringing. We've read about in Scripture that in the three years, you know, leading from the day of Pentecost, you know, they had turned the known world upside down. It is time for the church to do the same again. You and I need to turn... Atherton upside down. You and I need to turn Mariba upside down. You and I need to turn the table dance upside down. Because that's what we've been called to do. Right? Extraordinary people. That's what we, we need to stop living ordinary lives because you and I are empowered with kingdom authority and have become part of God's plan for change. Amen? All right. So, how do we go about doing this? How do we use the word of God as a weapon for defense as well as a weapon for attack? Step one is to read and study the words. To read and study the words so that it can get into our head. So practical steps. Step one, read and study the word. Be diligent to present yourself approved to God, a worker who does not need to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 5. Put the word of God in your head so that you can bring it to remembrance and remember it and quote it. All right? Whenever the enemy comes with a, with a negative word, when the enemy comes to say like, nah, they need to remember. See, um, I had this um, 
I'm not sure if I've shared this with you guys before, but it was a very, I've always spoken against the spirit of fear, even though I hate heights and I do have a lot of fears and phobias. Um, it's quite interesting. But the word of God says, for I have not given you the spirit of fear, but of power and love and a sound mind. Another, some translations say, I have not given you the spirit of anxiety. Right? Um, so apparently there's a trend going on amongst young people of um, mullets. That thing at the back where you shave the side of your head. What? Mullets? All right, okay. Um, see, I grew up in Fiji, as you already know. And uh, when I was young, so this is in the uh, early 90s, right? Um, if you saw anybody with a mullet, you immediately knew that they were ex-prison people. Because the only place where you could get a mullet was in the prison. That's the, that was the hairstyle of choice. So if you saw somebody walking down the street with a mullet, you'd cross the road because, you know, there's very likely there's some stuff there that you need to deal with. And then um, one night, uh, it was the Festival of Light celebration, and I was hanging out with my mates a little too late, and I was on my way home around about 11 o'clock at night, and three guys in mullets accosted me and robbed me, all right? Okay, and um, they didn't do any damage, praise the Lord, but they just... And it's sort of like for a 15-year-old, three big guys with mullets, so um, 20 years later, I'm now teaching a class of three kids, of 20 kids, and three of them have mullets. And I did not think it was such a big deal for me, but like the only thing I wanted to do as I stood in that classroom was run. I kid you not. And um, so I, I could not wait for the bell to ring, for the break to happen, so that I could get out of the classroom, because I mean, there were 20 other students in the classroom. All I could see was those three kids. And I, it almost was like, I felt like they were going to come at me. Poor kids, eh? Um, so I ran out. Uh, as soon as the bell rang, I dismissed the class. I, I went and um, saw the boss. And I was just like, mate, just need to deal with this hairstyle thing. I'm just not dealing with it. All right? And he gave me the number of a psychologist. Uh, <laughs> Jonathan, there's stuff there that you need to go deal with. Um, I made my coffee and I went back to the classroom and I found a corner room and I got down on my knees and I gave it to God. I said, Father, you have not given me the spirit of fear, but of power and love and a sound mind. And this needs to go. This needs to go now in Jesus' name. Because I was seeing the kids again after, you know, after break. <laughs> I was like, this needs to go. Um, I, we, we, I can't live with this. And this is not your will for my life. And I've had those kids in my class ever since. And I don't even notice them anymore. You know? The mullet has no authority over me <laughs> in Jesus' name. And that is the power of the word of God. You know, it's a promise. And I, and I really want to challenge you. If there's things in your life that you're struggling with, you come before Daddy God and say, Dad, you said, you said, and I'm going to stand on it. All right? So, how do you put the Word of God in your, in your head? Uh, there's a technique called soap that I want to mention with you guys today. And um, if I find it before I start crying a little bit more. Right, SOAP, it's an acronym 
that stands for scripture, observation, application, and prayer. So as you're reading your words, and may I ask you, please read your word daily. If nothing, then just get the YouTube version app and just open it every morning just to keep your um, streak going. You know, just open it to the home screen and there's a word for the, like there's a verse for the day. Read that verse. You know, it's, it literally takes 30 seconds. You know, as you wake up, the phone's right there next to your bed or under your pillow or in your hand because you fell asleep with it. Now, <laughs> open it, all right, and just open to you version. It's right there. First thing, there's a word of God that will just stare at you and just meditate on it for five minutes while you lie in bed trying to roll out of bed because everything aches, okay? Um, let that be something that, so the scripture that you read that morning or every morning, read the scripture and um, write down the scripture. So this is, um, this is a journaling technique um, that people use. You know, if you're someone who writes, um, this is a great technique to use. Write, read and write the scripture down, then pray the prayer. God, why did you write that? Why did you write this down for me? Okay? So because God has written the words down in the Bible. And then ask God, Lord, why did you write this down? And let him reveal to you. And then hear what he says and write that down. Now there's two things happening here. We are learning to dive deeper into the word of God. At the same time, we are training our minds and our ears to listen to the still small voice of the Holy Spirit and be able to identify it. Because the word says, my sheep know my voice. Amen? My sheep know my voice. And how do they know the voice? Because they practice. Because when the sheep are in, out in the hills, only the shepherd is with them. And that's the voice that they hear. So they've had training listening to this one voice. So that when they come back to the farm where there's so many other people, you know, or if anybody else comes in and tries to give them instructions, the sheep don't listen because that's not the voice that they know. And you and I, you know, we need to spend some time listening to that one voice. Cool. And then application. Pray and ask God, how would you like me to apply this verse to my life? Write that down. Again, practicing to listen to the word of God, to the voice of God, to say, Lord, how, how can I apply this? So in my situation, like the Lord asked me to just like, you know, I've got this. You've given this to me now. All right, now go out and do what I've called you to do. And having given it to God, because sometimes we give things to God, and then when we are about to leave, we just pick it up and take it with us. You know? like, that's the biggest challenge for me, to leave it there, because I gave it to him already. Yeah? So whenever the enemy comes in and says, like, I'm like, nah, I gave that to Jesus already. He's got this. And of course, prayer. Write out a prayer to God based on what you just learned and ask him to help you apply this truth in your life. There is nothing more important than memorizing the word of God and hiding it in your heart and just letting it soak you and get into your... Into your membranes into your cells. Nothing, nothing you will ever learn is more important than the Word of God. In our school, we do um, scripture memorizations and some of the kids are just like, why do I need to learn this? It's like, Mr. Nain, I'm not even a Christian. I was like, this is the most important thing you'll ever learn in your entire life. You know? Forget about everything else I'm going to teach you. If you only learn this while you are here at school, my job here is done. Your life is successful. Because that's the one that's going to bring life, right? What a noun is, what a pronoun is, you know, how sentences come together. That doesn't bring life. It makes life a little bit more fun, all right? Okay? Um, but it does not bring life. There's only 
life in the Word of God. See, when the disciples deserted Jesus, and um, when Jesus asked his disciples and said, I was like, are you two going to leave me? When like 20,000 others walked away, when Jesus said, you have to eat my flesh and drink my blood, they were like, this is too hard. They walked away. And then Jesus asked his 12 disciples, are you, are you going to leave me as well? And Peter says, teacher, where are we going to go? For in you are the words of life. Yeah? In Jesus are the words of life. Let's, let's put that in our hearts. So step one for the head, read and study the word of God. Step two, memorize and meditate on the words. Let it get in here. Be deliberate. How can a young man cleanse his way? By taking heed according to your word. With my whole heart I have sought you. Oh, let me not wander from your commandments. Your word I have hidden in my heart that I might not sin against you. Blessed are you, O Lord. Teach me your statutes. With my lips I have declared all the judgments of your mouth. Psalm 119, verse 9 to 13. I was listening to um, Adventures in Odyssey the other day. Yes, how exciting. And they had this program called um, 119, like dial, you know, your speed dial, dial 119. And it's, um, it was a rescue service. Where, and then it was a great illustration where this guy is faced with temptation. And... Um, he does not know how to respond to what this temptation was happening. You know, this group had come and they were like the love group. And they were trying to invite him to join this love group. And they were talking about, oh, God does not say that. So he was like, really? Where does it say that? He did not know where to find the scripture verse. He knew it was somewhere in the Bible, but he did not know where it was. So he dialed 119. You know? And the person on the other side was helping them out by looking it up in the Bible and letting him know that, yes, this is where it actually says in the Bible. You know? Uh, that you should love your neighbor and your enemies, you know, or, uh, and stuff like that. That it does not really say that money is the root of all evil. It doesn't. Um, you know, it's the love of money. Amen? Yes. So please make as much money as you possibly can and then give it away. All right? You know, if it's a problem, give it away. Okay? Because that's how you build the kingdom. You know, there are orphanages who need funding, right? There are villages who need wealth. Yes? There are pastors who need to get paid a salary. Yes? So, and it all comes from giving. And blessed is the one who gives. It is more blessed to give than to receive. Amen. I used to always wear that because, I mean, we were the receiving people. There was a season of our lives we were the receiving people in the church. You know, and when you're 12, and they do the... Everybody brings some food, you know, to give to the poor people in church. You know, and he puts it in a bag... And then we are leaving at the end of the day and everybody's walking out. You are the guy carrying the bag. It labels you, right? Oh, so we are the poor people in the church. <laughs> anyway, but praise God that there is a season, right? And that you pass through so that you can be on the other side to be a blessing. Right? <clears throat> Come on. We serve a good God. So memorize and meditate. And then it says in Psalm 19, verse 14, Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. And it was just not Bonnie M who sang that, all right? Okay, it is a song, but it is powerful. It is in your mouth, in your heart. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, God. Come on. It says, a good person produces good things from the treasury of a good heart. 
and an evil person produces evil things from the treasury of an evil heart. What you say flows from what is in your heart. Luke chapter 6, verse 45. And I really want us to challenge the more of the word of God that you have in your heart, the more of the good things will flow. You know, there are occasions, I tell you what, the more of God's word I hide in my heart. You know, it's, it's so helpful in marriages. It's so helpful in, in my relationship and my walk with the Lord. Because every time I get angry with my wife, the Lord reminds me that, you know, blessed is the man who has found a good wife. Amen. And every time I, I'm just like, oh my gosh, can you not see this? The Lord says, and love her as Christ loved the church. That he laid down his life. I'm just like, Lord, I'm like, bring me the knife. Come on. <laughs> But you get the truth of God's word, you know, and, and it just challenges you that you keep doing what God has called you to do, all right, and leave the results to him. For as John said, the battle is the, is the Lord's, yes. And if we work with what God's put in our heart or what you have put from God's word into your heart, in every single one of those moments, you know, it will rise up and it will guide your ways. For Psalm 119 also says that the word of the Lord is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. It will not only show me the next step as a lamp, it also points me the direction of where I need to go. Okay? This is the way. That was not a Mandalorian quote, by the way. <laughs> I was going to say, this is the way, walk in it, but I thought it just sounded cooler with, this is the way. Right. Number three. So number one... We had read and study the word. Number two, memorize and meditate on the word. And number three, discuss it with others. Let your mouth be the one that speaks. Join life groups. Now, so it was that after three days they found him in the temple, sitting in the midst of the teachers, both listening to them and asking them questions. And all who heard him were astonished at his understanding and answers. Luke chapter 2, verse 46 and 47. And then in Luke 4.2 4, says, And all bore witness to him and marveled at the gracious words which proceeded out of his mouth. And they said, Is this not Joseph's son? Ask yourself the question, How many times do you rub shoulders with somebody and you sit together and you discuss the word of God? Hey, mate, I've been, I've been reading this passage and it's just, I've really wrestled with this and I don't quite, quite grab a hold of what's going on here. What is your take on this? Let's just discuss this together. You know? I'll make the coffee or I'll boil the kettle. You know? Um, join a connect group. We have a few happening here at church, and if you do not know, just uh, grab the newsletters from um, Margaret, and it has some information in there for you to... But take every opportunity. You know, Pastor David is an amazing resource. All right? He's been here to serve us, all right? and his desire is to help us and grow us, and if you have the opportunity to hang with him, you know, build a deck with him. And I was building a deck, and he said, I'm going to come and help you. I was like, please, and you know, we spent like an entire day together, right? He was helping me build the deck. And we talk about the things of God. We talk about what God's put on his heart. We, we talked about, you know, our scripture verses. We talked about how to bring up and help raise children. It's amazing, you know? And he's got so much wealth to share. If you get the opportunity to spend some time with him, jump at it. You know, reschedule everything else. You know, get alongside him. You know, if there's a working bee at church, reschedule everything else. You know, come down, because you're going to be rubbing shoulders with men and women of God. By the way, thank you for everybody who came when we were relocating the, the kids' church. I've never seen so many volunteers. I'm like, in Australia. Um, 
in a church function. Um, um, and um, I was like, go God. You know, they're getting it. Culture is changing. Woo! Kingdom culture. Yes? Yes. So the next time the word's out, you know, be there. Or be square. No. Um, yes. So share. Share with one another. You know, if you haven't found a connect group that kind of like you fit with, then maybe it's time to have a conversation with David and say, you know, I've got this vision for a connect group, and I just, there isn't one. David's going to say, great, start it. All right? And then we can come to your place, and you can put the kettle on, and, you know, amen? Yes. And look, it's an hour out of the week. It really is. All right? Or an hour and a half, depending on how much fun people in the group are having. You know? Um, but you can have, like, a rule, like, you know, an, an 8.30 clap. Like, I meet David at, um, every week. Uh, and have, have a, um, a session with him in the morning. Um, and it's like, at the, it's the designated time. It's like, we could be halfway through a conversation, but it's sorry, it's time to go. And then we'll catch up next week, we'll continue this. And it's, you know, it's 30 minutes, that's it, mate. Time's up. You know? um, and I, think I love that about him, because otherwise we can get carried away with other kind of conversations. And if you know you've only got 30 minutes to make the most of it, then we stick to the, to the good stuff, to the meat stuff, right? And do that. You know, block aside. Um, my Tuesdays are blocked every Tuesday afternoon because we've got men's group where we sit and talk about the book that we're reading. Okay? And it's an amazing time of catching up. And we're seeing what other men are going through in their life and what's, what can we pray together. What, can we, what have you learned from your book today? What, what have I learned? And I want to share that with you. And I really want to encourage you that if, you are, if this is the only point of connection for you, Right, it's time to make a few more connections. Yes? A few more connections. So if Sunday is the only place where we touch another Christian brother and sister and say, hey, this is the only time, then it's time to make a few more connections. Because if the enemy is touching you more than the people of God, then it's time to, make, time to flip it on its head. Amen? All right. And, and I tell you what, you'll have to be, you and I will have to be intentional because there's always something else that needs to get done. You know, the garden will suddenly look like it needs weeding. You know, the lawn just keeps growing. You will notice the mold in the ceiling in your room. All right? Which has been there for five years, but now that you've decided to go to Bible study, you know, that mold just keeps getting darker. All right? But once you've decided, you've decided. Yes? And I really want to challenge the young people. Now's the season. Before you have the responsibility of paying for that Wi-Fi, you know, uh, you know, and putting, paying for the petrol in the car and the rego and while you still have this freedom go to every connect group you can go to go to youth volunteer at uh, the cafe you know and um, serve uh, wherever you can because everywhere you are serving you are learning you know you, you have time it's the greatest gift that you have as a young person and, and, and then you finish high school and, and then life happens when I was at school, I was like, when's the connect group happening? I was there. When's the work in B happening? I was there. When's the music training happening? Even though I could not sing, I was there. I just play the tambourine. They, they gave me the tambourine to play. All right? Um, when was youth happening? You know, our youth used to happen at 3 o'clock on a Saturday afternoon. Every Saturday. We, and it was every Saturday at 3 o'clock in the afternoon, 3 till 6. You know? I was like, it's, like, it's Saturday. You know, and, and they took attendance, by the way. 
Yeah, and then you got an award at the end of the year if you if you were like only if you made it a hundred percent of the time. If you miss it one time, then well, sucks being you, mate. <laughs> but see, that's what the kingdom's about, right? We are all in. We are all in both feet, right? Yes. So share, share what you've learned, and you know share it with your wife, share it with your husband, share it with your mates over the what you are struggling with. Join a connect group. Make at least one more connection this week. Um, instead of just Sunday being the only point of contact. Cool. And number four, proclaim it personally. comes down to actions. It was in my head, in my heart, in my mouth, and now it's in my actions. Um, it's the lifestyle that we live. You are our epistle, known and read by all men. 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 2. And it is so true. So true, right? Because, I mean, people judge the kingdom by how Christians behave. You know? And um, as we were praying, as we were worshipping this morning, and I just, I just, I was thanking the Father for being known by His name. And it sort of stopped me halfway through my worship and says like, remember that. That you are known by my name. That you are a Christian. You are one of Christ's. And you are known by my name. And people who know you as a Christian, they might, know your, they might not know your name. Hey, John. Learn your name. You know, or uh, you know, Grant, uh, Gordon. You know. But they might know that you are a Christian and that's enough. And then they look at you and say, like, what is different about your life? Is there anything different? You are the letter that people are reading. I am the letter that people are reading. So sometimes when I'm screaming at my kids, you know, inside my house, I'm just like... Wait a minute, what is the neighbor thinking? You know? Yeah? You're with me, right? Okay. And, and, and I love that about working in a Christian environment. I was in Jubilee, and we've had kids who come from non-Christian environments. You know? and, um, and then they come here, and I've had some of the kids tell me, they're like, I've never met people like these. You know? They just don't swear. I've never met anybody who does not swear. And it's the first time. The only people they've met are the ones in Jubilee. And I'm like, yeah, God. That's what we're supposed to be like. But it said how dark the world is out there. But arise, shine, for your light has come. Yes? Let the glory of the Lord shine upon you. You are called to be the light. Now, so, is it important for our language to be clean? You betcha, because people are listening. Yeah? So, be, be the letter. Be a letter that promotes the kingdom in our actions, in our thoughts, in our words. You know, we are the ones who volunteer. We are the ones who slow down and let the other guy pass, you know, who needs to be, who's, who's tailgating you. All right? Because we are in the kingdom. And number five, share it publicly. Witness, for this is the mission. And he also did this so that they, those who are not Jews could give glory to God for the mercy he gives to them. It is written in the scriptures, so I will praise you among the non-Jewish people. I will sing praises to your name. Romans chapter 15, verse 9. And I'm thankful that they did. Because, any Jews in here, in the house? Yes, I didn't think so. All right, because if they hadn't, you and I wouldn't be here. You know? The world that we know, as we know it, is a gift of God to us. Um... Democracy as we know it. Freedom, rights as we know it. 
yeah. charity as we know it. These are all Christian thoughts. These are all things that Jesus brought into women's rights. Wow. I was like, go girls. Yeah. Girl power. Jesus was the first one to bring it about. All right? Come on. So, we, we owe so much to our Savior. And not just our souls, but the, the world that we live in. The empowerment that we have. I mean, you've got a brown guy teaching, you know, speaking in front of a lot of white people. I was like, thank you, Jesus, you know? Come on. Yes, for equality. Yes. I mean, if Jesus wasn't there, we'd probably still be, I'd probably still be calling you sub, you know? It's like, it's, I can joke about it now, but I mean, it's like, probably wasn't so funny a hundred years ago. Um, but we thank Jesus for, for the freedom and the liberty that he's given us. And, and as I the stand before you and as I celebrate this freedom, I really want to encourage you that you walk in the freedom that you have in Jesus. Let there be no condemnation. You know, will you stumble up and fall? Of course you will. All right? Because like, you know, glory to glory. Perfection to perfection. Yes? Okay? It's the, it's the already, not now. Okay? You are standing in the heavenly places. You are seated in the heavenly places right now with Jesus. But not quite. Okay? Um, you, you've made perfect in Christ. But when I look at myself in the mirror, it's like, ah, oh, there's some work here that needs to be done. All right? And that's what the Holy Spirit does through his word. It refreshes my mind, it renews my mind, it renews my heart. And as it begins to do those two kind of things, it begins to come out of my mouth and it begins to flow out into my hands and my actions. I really want to encourage you. For me, this year has been a year of, like the word, I guess if there was one word, when you get the word at the beginning of the year, what's your word for this year? I didn't really ask God for a word for this year, but I think the word that he's given me is generosity. That's my word for this year. As a family, we've decided that we're going to be the most generous we've ever been this year. It's going to be the next level of generosity that we're going to go ourselves into. And I tell you what, it's been a sacrificial year so far. But amazingly enough, God's already been, it's like, because you have decided this, I'm going to do this. You know? Um, we are... I want to challenge you to challenge yourself to trust God to do the things. What is he calling you to do? What is the one word he's been putting on your heart all right, um, for the season? See, when we came to Australia six years ago, and um, we, we had decided before we even came here that we, will, we were going to be renting for no more than a year and that we would buy a house within that one year. And I tell you what, we came to Australia with next to no money in our pockets. All right? And... Um, and after six months of renting, we began looking for a house. We did not have a deposit for our house, but we started looking because we had said, God, no more than a year. We went and saw a, um, a mortgage broker. She looked at our finances and said, sorry, guys, there is no way you can buy a house for at least another month, another year. You need to, you need to go save up. And once you have this X amount of money, come back. All right? And then I can help you because there's no bank is going to give you a loan. This is what she told us. And then as, as Ranjin and I sat there, we came home and said, but God, we've said, you know, you've said that we've called to be a blessing. You've called us to possess the land, not to rent it, as David says. So we began to do the research that we needed to do. Okay, we began to, yes, talk to, um, I talked to a banker friend of mine, you know, that I knew from a while ago, and he pointed me into another direction, and that opened up a, a door where we got some money which was fantastic and that we put that aside as the deposit for the house and then we looked at another option and that opened another door for us and within three months from that conversation where that lady told us there is no way our bank's going to give you we moved into our new home a brand new home so don't let anybody tell you it can't be done 
because you serve a God of wonders and miracles. All right? And our aim is to have multiple homes. We are six years into Australia now. We have got two homes because God is a God of wonders. Don't let anybody tell you otherwise. And I tell you that not to brag. Please don't take me wrong. I tell you to encourage you to jump out in faith because that's our currency. Faith is our currency. He wants us to lean in. He wants us to ask and you shall receive so that your life can be the testimony for the others. So be encouraged this morning. As we stand to our feet, as the musicians come, as we sing and as we give back to God, I really want to encourage you that let the word of God take a root in your heart that you can trust God to do the impossible for you. To do the impossible for you. Let's stand while I pray a blessing upon you. Yeah? There's coffee in the the cafe is closed today because Cassie and Corey are away. But there's coffee in the, in the cafe, uh, cafe outer area. Please hang around. There's food. Um, let's fellowship together. Father God, we come before you this morning. I thank you, Lord, for your presence in our lives. We thank you that you are the good, good Father, Lord God, and that you have laid your life down. And Lord, you have opened up the gates of heaven and the windows of heaven, and you said, Come, come, my children. Be a blessing to the nations. Lord, we pray that you'd give us the audacity to come, Father God, to the good, good Father and receive so that we may freely give what we have freely received. We ask and pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Be blessed, everyone. Let us sing.